Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of The (laughs) X-Files podcast. We are no longer numbering them because we just can't keep track at this point. So whatever number it is, that's the episode that we are doing today. Yep. We're having some fun stuff pop in between um, the episodes with Claire and I. So Mm -hmm. we want to be able to do that without, um, yeah, getting messages about the fact that we said episode 12, but it's actually episode 13. So we're just going to keep going. Yeah, we're going with the flow. So very much. uh, today, our episode is all about how to communicate your needs after a breakup, how to reach out for help, how to ask for help, all of those things from Um, someone other than your ex. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) this is how to uh, how to communicate your need for support or help from your support network. Yes. yes. Uh, thank you for clarifying that because <laughs> I just left that as a, um, as a just un- unspoken assumption, <laughs> and right. I should not because, you know, so often that seems like the only person who can understand what you're going through, um, yep. but they are no longer in your support network. Mm-hmm. So you both have your separate support networks and we are talking about how to get help from your support network in the best and healthiest way for Mm -hmm. yourself and for others. Um, but focusing mostly on you getting what you need because yep, you we are don't... our podcast client <laughs> and we are coaching you through this process. Um, yeah. So you are our priority. Absolutely. We don't want you to feel isolated. Uh, we don't want you to burn bridges. Uh, we want to see you, you know, advance on your healing journey. And mm-hmm. when you're going through something like a breakup where it does kind of take some processing and feel inside, it does help to have other people, um, uh, you know, to call on for reinforcements. But there's also kind of a right and wrong way to do this. There's limitations as to what other people can do. And um, yeah, I think it's a great topic. I'm, I'm glad to dive into this because I think that it can really make or break things when it comes to healing after a breakup. And I've seen it go both ways. I've seen it go both ways for me. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, having a support system makes all the difference. I had a friend going through my last really tough breakup that inspired all of this. He was basically my sponsor, like in AA, you know, the person you call when you feel like you need a drink. Mm -hmm. Um, She was the person (laughs) I called when I felt like I needed to call him and she'd be able to talk me off the ledge. And so that was really helpful to have. And I did my best during the time to make sure that I was not um, leaning on her too heavily or, um, you know, 
you want your support system to be able to support you without sacrificing their own mental health. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, yeah, we are social creatures. We need help in so many areas of our life. You will never be truly independent from everyone else unless you're a sociopath in which case you're probably not having any problems with your breakup right now anyway because <laughs> or with you don't the have pandemic <laughs> or the pandemic or anything right. like that you're just mm. totally fine we're not gonna worry about you um so and when you're going through a breakup you're also going through like we talk about all the time you're going through withdrawals from being with the person you're going through withdrawals talking about the person talking to the person and so it does make sense that having someone else that you can talk to about this is going to help you and uh it can also be hard on the other person so it's good to kind of know the right ways to go about um utilizing your support network during this time Exactly. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, let's jump right in um, with our tips and steps kind of on Mm -hmm. how to ask for help, how to get what you need after a breakup in terms of- Yeah, how to feel good. We want you to feel good. And yeah, that's the thing. You can feel really lonely after a breakup, but you you don't have to. Yeah, yeah, we've got some uh, good tips based on experience, based on our work with clients. And yeah, uh, why don't you get started, girl? Awesome. So first up, you want to create the right container. Mm. And what I mean by that is setting up the situation so that the person that you're asking for support, you're making sure that one, you have enough time and the right environment for that support to be given. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to make sure that they are emotionally resourced and have the capacity to be able to support someone else. Maybe they're going through their own shit right now and they can't really help you. This can be heavy for someone. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Be sensitive to what they're going through um I mean taking on someone else's breakup is a really lovely thing that you can do for a friend but especially right now when people are you know dealing with so much you know if your friend has just lost her job I mean maybe support each other by just hanging out yeah (laughs) let's not also you know say that this is gonna be my breakup buddy Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so make sure that they're resourced in time, emotion, capability, just in general. Some people are not ready for that. We'll talk more about that later, but you can also schedule it for when it is better for them if they are not resourced right now. So that conversation can look like approaching someone either via text or calling, or if you are seeing someone in person and say, you know, Hey, I'm really having trouble with my breakup right now. Is it, are, can I talk to you about it right now? Is now a good time? Um, and they can then be an adult and decide whether they are actually capable of doing that with you right now. They could say, Hey, you know, I kind of have something coming up uh, really soon that I want to make sure that I'm focused on preparing for. Can we do it tonight? Um, Can we talk this weekend? That's great. Yep. I really, really love this idea of the container in so many things. And Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to a breakup, 
and how you are going to prepare your friends to show up for you that this is a, yeah a good time for a container this is a great time where you can utilize text messaging i really yeah. really think that it's good to give someone a heads up by sending a message saying you know i feel this i would like to talk about this i can't get this out of my mind when are you free are you free would you be available in the next couple of days might we get together for a chat i need need to see someone and then always can you are you able and even if you're already planning on seeing someone in person i think it's still good to place a container around that and say i would really like a little bit of girl talk in the beginning of our drinks or i could use your advice on this when we meet I think that this is actually a really good and healthy and considerate way to go about asking for support during a breakup. Use the yeah. text. And yeah. I, I think that people appreciate this. I, I mean, this doesn't have to do with a breakup, but I had some kind of drama go around Christmas time. And I really felt like, I haven't felt this way in a while, but I just, I really felt like I've got to like connect with someone about this. I need to talk about this. And I just, chose my my person who I talked to about my family drama and I okay. sent her a text I did not call her and I was very much like any time over the weekend yeah. <laughs> you know that you can get in touch I'd you know I'd appreciate it and because I don't do it that often yep she got in touch that day and it wasn't for a few hours because she was with, with her family but um when she was able to do it, it made all the difference yeah yeah, that's so true. And I know it's hard because you're the person right now who's going through a really, really tough time. You're under mm -hmm. a lot of emotional stress. And I think that can be used in as, as an excuse for not being the most evolved, conscientious person. Right. However... <laughs> You do have to be that person. You're the person listening to a self-help podcast right now on breakups. <laughs> Your friends and family are not hmm. doing that sort of self-work. You cannot expect them to be evolved and conscious and know exactly how to support you. They are not coaches. They do not probably do this sort of personal development work. Mm -hmm. So that burden does fall on you to make sure that you are giving yourself the best chance of your needs being met. And that does mean that you have to have some self-control and you have to not just unload on someone with no like warning. Or right. I completely agree. And the fact of the matter is that this is your breakup. This is not your friend's breakup. If they do provide support to you, they're, they're being really loving and they're actually doing you a bit of a favor because they're, this is a decision on their part. Yeah. And also always, always keep in mind that when you are on the outside of a breakup, that you can look in and it can seem really simple to you as a friend to say, you know, you need to move on. It's, this is simple, put it behind you. You know, time is going to heal and they will have no idea that that's the last thing that you need. And so, yes, this, this container is really helpful for people who care about you and want to show up. Awesome. You want to dive in on the next tip? Yes. When you do want to approach someone about needing support, really start with your own needs and really, really check your expectations 
on other people and how you approach them so that you never, ever, ever start with blaming the other person for not showing up for you in the right way, or I'm sorry, not in the right way, in the way that you need or expect, or that would best support you. Always start with what your needs are and not with any type of blaming. This is the last thing that you need. Um, You don't want to fracture friendships right now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, blaming or evaluating how the other person is or is not supporting you as you see it. Right. um, That's not the way to get someone to be a kind, loving ear. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, um, if you are feeling upset about how someone it has showed up for you in the past and you are feeling like you know I wish they would do it this other way like I'm feeling kind of like I'm not being supported right now you don't want to lead with you've done this and you haven't been the right yes. support system right. for me um and that leads into one of my favorite books nonviolent communication yay um and this is ex- all about this um is about how to communicate your needs in a way that doesn't put someone on their defensive. Um, And so it has four parts. I really highly encourage just reading the book um, because there's a lot of extra information that gives context to what I'm about to share. But these four parts have been used for anything communication related between marriages to um, geopolitical uh, treaties, you know, th- this is <laughs> our this is Trump applicable. supporters and me. <laughs> yeah, and me. Um, Just kidding. I yeah. haven't, <laughs> I haven't uh, repaired any bridges. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, I'm just joking. I haven't even tried. <laughs> it requires. But you could. You could. Yeah. You could. you could. If you decided to, you could. So that brings me to nonviolent communication. Yay. And I highly, highly recommend just reading the book. There's a mm-hmm. lot of context to what I'm about to share. But um, this is a formulaic way of sharing your needs in asking, requesting that they be met in a certain way. It's been used for anything from, you know, fixing marriages to geopolitical <laughs> affiliations and uh debates mm-hmm. there so yeah and I just want to say I've spoken with some therapists who have said that if everyone knew how to use nonviolent communication that they wouldn't have their practice that's how effective it can be wow mm-hmm. yeah I can really see this and it does not come naturally it's quite difficult because we were never taught how to communicate in this way yeah Um, But it has four parts. It starts with saying your observations. So these are the concrete actions that you have observed that affect your well-being. And this is where you want to keep it to your observations instead of evaluating and blaming. Um, So that's where it can typically get uh, convoluted is you want to stick to concrete observations and then you share your feelings so this is how you felt in relation to what you have observed and um this can get right into the nitty-gritty uh so often we can say that we feel like 
something that is not a feeling. So you want to really break it down and tap into what the actual feeling is. And the book breaks this down really excellently. And then part three is sharing your needs. So these are the needs, values, desires, etc. that create our feelings. Um, this is at the heart what has created this feeling, whatever it is that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And then we have requests. And this is the fourth and the finest, final part. And it's a very important word because it's a request. It means that someone may choose not to fulfill this for you. And that is really important because you cannot control people. You can only request that they do what you would like them to do. So these are the concrete actions that we would request them to do that would enrich our lives should they choose to do them. So yeah, definitely read the book. There's a lot more to it, but once you dive into it and you really understand it, it is quite simple and it makes so much sense. The main thing though is never start with being defensive. Mm-hmm. when you're trying to express your needs to someone my goodness I had I mean one of I've had a few different aha or like the sky's opening moments when it comes to wanting to be a breakup coach <laughs> and one of them occurred about three or four years ago when I had a friend who got back with her ex and she had called to tell me and I, I was just completely shocked because he had been kind of verbally abusive to her right in front of me. And she was really sure that she wanted to end it. And it, it was just like, you know, 180. I didn't really know how to respond. And so I, I said, you know, like, are you sure? Like, what about when he said this? And she flipped out on me and said, like, you just don't understand, you know, the journey I've been on with him. You know, you're just trying to, you know, blame him. And, you know, I didn't even want to even talk to her about it anymore. Or ever again, did I want to really show up for her the way that I had been during the breakup? Now they're back together and that's fine. But yeah, it really put me off and I felt sad. And I just felt like we need something that helps people to process and get through breakups in a healthier way because this is just some people, you know? Yeah. All right. So I'm going to move on to something kind of specific that has to do with Uh, communication with your friends, maybe family, I don't know, after a breakup is to be honest and explicit about what you expect from people as far as their ongoing relationship and communication with your ex. This can absolutely blow up in your face if you don't communicate this. So that means if you want someone to take sides, which personally, I think that that can be valid under certain situations. And I'd love to do an episode on the taking sides aspect. If you want them to take sides, then say that. If you're happy for them to communicate with your ex, but you want them to keep certain things private, say that. Um, and some people may not be at all willing to do what you ask, but this will give them the opportunity to let you know so that you can reevaluate how you want to cope with and deal with and utilize their friendship 
during the breakup. And if you put these things out there, trust me from some very painful personal experience, it can, yeah, um, you can avoid a lot of problems yeah, with people exactly. that you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> don't make assumptions um, that right. your Sadly, friends will automatically but- know how they're supposed to handle a breakup if they are mutual friends or things like that. So, yeah. you know, and well, even needs- if they're not mutual friends, I just, I really think that it helps. I've seen people, for instance, send out a tiny group DM and just say, uh, just be honest, say, I'd really appreciate it if just for the couple of weeks, you know, people weren't hanging out with him or um, we've broken up. I want you to know, um, please keep certain things private. Um, or just honest saying that I would kind of love that people, you know, didn't really keep hanging out with him. I've been in DMs like that. And the thing is, yeah, some people are going to say, well, he's my friend too, but at least you're being honest about it so that you know what to expect. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're putting it out there um, and using nonviolent communication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, if people choose not to respect those wishes, then that's fine. But at least you're not running into a situation down the road where you're like, oh my gosh, you've been hanging out with him this whole time. I just didn't, I never thought you would do that. Yep. That absolutely happened to me. I've told you the story before, but when I got divorced, I had a little handful of friends that would hang out with my ex and I. I mean, they all knew him through me. I'd either gone to college or grad school with them, um, but I brought them around because I'm you know, extremely social. And when we broke up, these were some of the people who I actually cried with and who I told what was going on. And I just assumed probably maybe this wasn't fair to them but yeah I never you know imagined that they were still hanging out with him and when I found out that they were I was devastated like beyond I I can't even explain to you it was just like yeah one of the most heartbreaking experiences of the breakup was finding out that this was going on and I ended up you know not being friends with any of them after Mm -hmm. and looking back if I was to go through another breakup like that, I would be very specific with everyone. Um, you know, I'd really appreciate it that, you know, you create some distance for a while, or maybe that you didn't go to his shows. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. He was in a band and I found out that they were still going to all of his shows. Mm-hmm. I found that shocking still to this day. I don't think it was considerate towards me, but I would, if it happened today, yeah, very clearly put that out there. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All right. So our next tip is to spread out the load onto several people and not to rely on just one person to Mm -hmm. be your entire breakup support network. This is particularly important if you feel the need to continue like rehashing the same details over and over for your own processing is do it each time with someone new that you trust. Um, so that it's not just one person um, really there supporting you. Um, how do you and, think, and I want to? How do you think that you can become aware of the fact that you're doing this or not? Because uh, I've been told, and I've had it happen to me, that you know I, I'd either keep on repeating the same things, like even though I'd already spoken with my friends about it, and for some reason, because you know I'm I'm in this cycle. Um, 
I don't even realize I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would lead into it by just saying like, just having moments where you just check in mm. and say like, Hey, let me know if I'm saying the same thing over and over yeah. and okay. just make that part of your, just every, every time you have an interaction with a friend who you have been, um, getting support from just be like, Hey, you know, let me know if this gets to be too much. Like, please tell me, like, I don't want to be uh, annoying or a burden on you and most of the time they'll be like no it's no problem and you're showing that you're conscious that they're a person <laughs> and, right. and that you're not like paying them to be there um but yeah most of the time it won't be a problem just make it a habit to check in and be like yeah. hey I just want to make sure I'm not like putting too much on you or, or you know just that that like funny aside be like did I say this already right like, yeah you know? that's yeah be be light about it if you can get yeah. to that point and I guess this goes back to what you were saying about the container is actually asking permission before you bring something up yeah. and even if you're going about it that way you're thinking about what you want to ask them you're thinking about what you want to talk about and that might give you the opportunity to say I've already you know brought this up three times this week <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> yeah and you know just give give the person an out like remind them that they are not required to be here and that they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart yep. um you know and I, I don't want to make it seem like any sort of leaning on friends or any sort of sharing of like those personal details it, it is not necessarily burdensome mm -hmm. like friends a lot of different people a lot of friends they are so willing to be there for you yeah and it is not a burden for them and it's more of like a trust building like mm. exercise and it's deepening your friendship in a lot of ways but it has to be mutual like you you have to be them for there for them should they be going through something that's really hard um <laughs> that's a good way to think of it <laughs> you know yeah. How, yeah how would I want this person to approach me if she were going through a breakup yeah yeah mm -hmm. just think of it that way too um yeah exactly so spread it out on several people so it's not just one person um and like we were saying you know have have check-ins you know every maybe every conversation and be like hey like just let <laughs> me know if this is too much like right. I know I'm kind of a downer right now <laughs> um so yeah. And uh, there's other places where you can get breakup support as well. Talk therapy is awesome. And Coaching. there are some breakup coaches out there yeah. who <laughs> um, can, can step in. And yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, happy even to be in touch with uh, by voicemail with my clients. Um, I know for me that even, you know, sending one voicemail to my coach each day can sometimes lighten the load it's like so significantly mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah good good excuse to you know look into what we do <laughs> yeah. awesome all right so one of my first rules as far as asking for support from people and making sure that it doesn't feel like a burden to the other person and that you get the support that you need and that's going to be positive for you is to not try to 
gain closure through conversations with your friends. Yeah. And if you don't understand what that means, having ongoing conversations about why did this happen? Why did they do this? What did I do? Uh, What am I not seeing? Anything that you would uh, think that you would need for typical closure. Yeah. This is, this is where I think that it can get uh, tiring on another person. Yeah, exactly. Because they are your friends. They are not, um, they're not going to solve this puzzle for you. And Mm -hmm. it's not a puzzle to solve in the first place. Right. You are the only person who can give yourself closure. Your ex cannot give it to you. Your friends cannot give it to you. Say Mm -hmm. you're seeing a therapist. They cannot give it to you. A coach cannot give it Mm -hmm. to you. Though coaches and therapists are more able to step into that position of sage, like wisdom. Yes. um, And show you how you can do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They Mm -hmm. can help you look within yourself for those things. Your friends are there to be supportive, but they're, they're really not they're they're not trained on how to support someone through a grief process probably Mm -hmm. even if they are you are not in that therapeutic container yeah um so say your friend is a therapist she is not giving you therapy she is being your friend Mm -hmm. there's a big difference there is a structure there that must be maintained because i mean it's even a matter of respect when you think about it for your friend yeah, respect your for your friend. Um, you know, like that that relationship does require more of someone. Uh, so the reason why this can become exhausting for people, or not necessarily exhausting, but not enjoyable as as your support person, is because they can't help you figure this out. They can't give you closure. And so what can happen is that when you have the conversation you don't come to a conclusion, you don't gain the closure, you're probably likely to bring it up again. And I think that is where some people start to not really be enjoying the the process of yeah, yeah, supporting. Yeah, the repetition itself is what is so hard, because they're like, well, I gave you my advice last time. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you take it? Mm -hmm. So we have an entire We have an entire episode on closure and giving it to yourself. And this would be one of the first things I would do after a breakup is dig deep into doing that. Um, And then, you know, utilize your support system for helping you thrive. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah, um, our next point is to make sure that you give back to your friends. Um, If you have a friend and I guess I'm I'm hesitating to use that term because I'm like is it, are you friends if this is the situation but hear me out if you have a friend who you have zero patience with when they come to you with an issue then that is expecting that person to just be there for you mm-hmm. when you have no empathy for whatever situation they're going through 
these friendships are not one-sided in the first place and I guess this is where we're we're kind of coming up against that is make sure you are giving back to them not just when they are suffering but also in those very conversations where you are asking for help and you are unloading a little bit on them is like don't be like oh so that that's what I had to say how's your day okay cool well I'll talk to you later you know like no you gotta have like an actual conversation about what they're up to afterwards you cannot just leave it at you can't just dominate the conversation. Yes. Or ask how they are. And before they even answer, tell them about, you know, everything that you're going through. Yeah. Um, get, make sure that you do keep that in check. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to see sometimes when you're hurting that you're doing that, but mm-hmm. the other person can see. And so if someone shows up for you, send a thank you card, send a gift, take them out for dinner, you know, a call or text just to see how they are and nothing more. Yeah. This, these are friendships. And I think that this can be tough actually during a breakup. A lot of people realize that they haven't been there for their friends, um, especially if the relationship was short ish and you had really found yourself really caught up in, you know, the, what is it? New relationship energy. And, uh, and it can be a very good lesson and a good reminder that friendships streak yeah friendships require um love and attention just like a plant you do have to water it um yeah and that that phase is so um you know we all have that friend who disappears (laughs) off the face of the earth when they get into a relationship Mm -hmm. um i i have to be very conscious not to be that person because i i do that too and it's totally natural you feel like butterflies you're like obsessed with this person but make sure you're staying in contact with your friends during relationships i know right now you are going through a breakup but hey when you do meet someone new and you are in that phase, make sure you continue cultivating the friendships that you are leaning on so heavily oh right now, God, totally. because it really does. They may not say anything to you because it's super awkward and not everyone is ready to have that conversation, but it's like, where were you for the past six months? And now you want to hang out every night. I know. Oh, like, <laughs> of mine. People yeah. do it. And look, if someone shows up for you in a meaningful way, you need to realize that this, this is a special friendship and yeah, yeah. continue to water it. Even yeah. if you meet someone continue and to water it, be thankful. Yeah. yeah. And know <laughs> that, you know, this, like people do have understanding like it's not the end of the world if you have done this and you know don't don't worry about it but try to be better in the future because there's only so much you know there's only so long the plant can go without water um and then it doesn't matter how much you water it after that it's gone so Mm -hmm. I think yeah. a good thing uh, to do is when you do find that you're kind of caught up in a relationship and you're feeling the feels um, is to start like planning things with your friends and, you know, like bringing people around uh, to to meet the person or, you know, involve them in your socializing. I think that that can be a good way to make exactly. sure that you don't get into the 
uh, honeymoon cave <laughs> that <laughs> just the two of you and to yeah integrate your partner into your friendships rather than the other way around exactly yeah and also like you know this this extends to a point like obviously if you have friends who just make terrible relationship decisions then don't rely on their <laughs> opinions that much but your <laughs> friends have a really good sense probably a better sense than you do even on who is a good match for you and who will actually stand the test of time mm -hmm. it is incredible how accurately um family and friends to a point, if you have a really toxic relationship with your family, then probably they aren't going to be the best judge. But mm -hmm. like the people who are closest to you are able to see the things that you cannot, that you're like blinded by all the hormones and all the good stuff. And they're like, who is this person? You have like nothing in common. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So make, you know, dating, having the people you're date and your friends hanging out, just kind of a normal thing yeah. that you do. Yeah. And also you are able to uh, watch your partner as like a third party, which is really oh, interesting. Completely. You can see them interact with other people instead of mm -hmm. just seeing what they are directing towards you. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful way to fall in love with someone, but yeah. it's also like you're going to see who that person really is when they're not like, for lack of a better word, performing Mm -hmm. that's true you? that's actually <laughs> so, true yeah. yeah i mean look if you're gonna be with someone in a relationship they need to be vetted on so many levels why yeah. not just automatically do this when you're into someone yeah totally. uh, I, I don't know and also you know your friends don't want to feel like take it take it for granted yeah so you know always make them feel appreciated yeah. <laughs> and look if you've done this like we said people make mistakes oh i mean I'm sure, I'm sure I've been guilty of it myself, yeah. but if you're going through a breakup and someone shows up for you and you realized you did this, just don't do it again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So, so I actually want to skip this specific part. Okay. We've, we've done that. Okay. Yeah. I All wasn't right. sure what you meant by it. I'm like, I, I'll let Janice <laughs> handle that. Looking back, I mean, we've, we said that we said yeah. it a dozen times. So. Um, yeah, so our next tip is to know that not everyone will be able to show mm -hmm. up for you during a breakup. There's various reasons for this, but this is a situation that some people just aren't good at dealing with. Maybe they just look at their own breakups very differently than you and they're like, get over it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why, you know, move on, burn the pictures, burn his shit move on. Um, in which mm -hmm. case that person will not have a lot of empathy for you taking months to get over this. Yeah. It's just a different person. Um, it could be because of the way they were raised or their mm -hmm. own experiences. It could be that they're just not very comfortable with touchy feely intimacy. Emotions. Right. And maybe you thought you were really close and you are really close with this person, but that you've actually just had kind of fun hanging out times, yes. or even if it's been a couple of years and you've never really gone to this person for this type of support. Yeah. And all of a the sudden they feel caught off guard. Maybe they're not comfortable with this level of intimacy, Yeah, you know, because it, like there's so many reasons. Yeah, maybe they're the friends that you go out and you have a great night right. on the town with. They're not the friend that you're crying to in the morning. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just know, know which friends are going to be good for each. 
Yeah. And don't take it personal. Don't let it ruin the friendship. Don't let it get in the way of your progress. Just like I like to say, like kind of put it in your knapsack of information as far as the people in your life go. Mm -hmm. I've talked about this before, but when I broke up with my abuser, I went to stay with family members. Now I needed support at that time, like probably Mm -hmm. specific support that I didn't even know how to ask for. Well, I come from a very, very (laughs) religious community and family, and they just, they weren't prepared. They had never dealt with things like you know, potential PTSD. My ex was an alcoholic. He had been abusive. Uh, These were all things that just completely caught them off guard. And they were not at all able or equipped to to show up for me in that way. And I, I think, you know, I've tried really hard to rebuild things with them because I just realized now it just, it wasn't their jam. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, they weren't the, they just, they weren't. Yeah. What? Ready. Trauma informed therapists. Right. Crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh So just, yeah, exactly. Like, no, no. Okay. If I share this with my mom, she's just not going to be the type of support that I need right now Yep. and make Mm -hmm. those judicial decisions for yourself and just be like, She's going to be great as a distraction. We can cook together. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. we can do whatever. Um, But it's not going to be very good if I ask for this one thing. Or I mean, for, right. For instance, they didn't want me to actually talk about what I'd been through. To me, Mm -hmm. that seemed really basic, but it was just so shocking to them that they weren't able to kind of like compartmentalize what was happening. It was just, it was just too, too much. Yeah. Um, so now I know, and this is, this has helped the relationship moving forward that if I'm going through something that's too heavy or really any drama in my life, to be honest, they aren't the ones I go to. They aren't, you know? Yeah. And it's totally fine. Not everyone's, you know, meant to show up for you in that way. Keep some friendships, a little surface level. You know, friendships and relationships are meant to be fun. Also, you need to have people that are just for fun. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of how I see them, to be honest. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. And there will be some trial and error relationships. Romantic relationships teach us so much about ourselves and they also teach us about others. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't just mean learning about your ex. Um, This is also means learning about your wider social circle as well. We're all interconnected (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just know that not everyone is trained on how to handle these situations. They may try their best and that may still be a disappointment to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one of the reasons why coaches exist. Um, You know, you may be like, Hey, I don't have any mental health concerns. Uh, Therapy doesn't seem like it's quite the right fit. I want something more on a peer level. Yeah. Coaches are perfect for that because we have the container where we're like ready emotionally and training wise to support you. We can be your cheerleader and egg you on, but we can also, we also have the perspective to come in as a sage and help you see, like have some guidance and see what your options are. And we can also call you on your shit um, because we're not your friend. 
we don't have <laughs> to maintain that friendship where you're mm-hmm. like, maybe I shouldn't say that this seems to be an ongoing issue for her because mm-hmm. we might not be friends tomorrow. Mm-hmm. No, we don't care about that. You're calling yeah. us, you're it's paying objective. us to actually help you grow and evolve. And we're going to call you on that. So yep. Yeah. And I, I think coaching is good where friendship maybe isn't where you're saying, I want to just focus on my healing journey. I want to just focus on this. I'm yeah. putting this breakup behind me for the next couple of months. Yeah. I mean, you, you want to say that to a friend? <laughs> it's like, no, oh God. you don't have to. Yeah. When you show up for your coaching session, I don't want you to ask how I am. Right. Like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to include me. I'm not telling mm-hmm. you any of my personal stuff right. anyway, unless it has like a lesson that I think can really help you. Mm-hmm. I won't be sharing my stuff and I don't care. I'm not going to be hurt by the fact that you didn't tell me to have a good day at the end of our right. session. Right. I'm not going to so. feel take it, take it, take, whoa. Why can't I say that? (laughs) I'm not going to feel taken for granted. And also on the flip side, we're showing up like a thousand percent in every single interaction that we have for with you. So it's really, you know, kind of the the best of everything that you can hope for as far as support goes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, just completely out of the situation as well. Like we don't know your ex. We don't know your friends. We don't know your family. We are literally just looking at the situation um, as you share it with us. So, yeah. Love it. And I really hope that these tips help people. I kind of feel like this isn't something that people talk about a ton, but it's so, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. We were just thrown into schools possibly if you went to public school or private school you were thrown into school and just expected to learn how to be um in relationships with your peers Mm -hmm. um there weren't really classes on okay this is how you communicate with your peers this is how you talk to your friends this is how you communicate your needs they're Mm -hmm. like no we're gonna teach you about thanksgiving um and then we're gonna throw you Mm -hmm. on a playground and whoever thrives thrives and whoever ends up not having any friends in school, then fine. We hope you're good at math. Well, and there's this <laughs> emphasis on getting a bestie. And then once you have a bestie that you love hanging out with, this person is just going to be there for everything. And it just, it makes, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. <laughs> really? Have you, have there, has there ever been a class on how to communicate with your bestie? No. no. <laughs> going out with someone for yeah. three years to clubs and say that they're your bestie, but when yeah. it comes down to intimate shit like this, it, it's different. It's a completely different way to interact with someone. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess our point is to be <laughs> conscious and and really state what it is you need and to be thoughtful with your interactions and communicate that you're trying to be thoughtful with your interactions. And then that's pretty much as much as you can do, I guess. Yeah, true. And, you know, I think sometimes during a breakup, it just helps to have someone around, you know, maybe try and distract yourself with a movie night or with just being around the person and see if that helps too, rather than, you know, needing to hash things out constantly. 
Thank you so much to everyone for tuning in. Um, we would love to know what you thought of this. What has helped you during a breakup as far as support goes? What works for you as far as asking for support? Do you have a horror story of a time that you need to support and you didn't get it? We are just loving hearing from people. Oh my God. Yeah. Every time we get a message from a listener, it's super exciting to us. Yeah. It means a lot. We use it in, you know, developing ideas for future episodes and yeah, you know where to find us. Yes. Thank you guys. And we will talk soon. Yep. Good luck on your breakup. You got this. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Loftus. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. Talk soon. Bye.
And here's a preview of our next episode. Definitely. It's something that's helped me so much because it's a, it's a tool that I use that helps me explain myself to other people a lot easier and then not judge myself for my own tendencies and then not judge others as well. And knowing that types can be very different and still work together, but it's really helpful. It like, it makes, it like does so much work for you knowing someone else's energetic type and how they function.